Welcome to Milestone Moments, the show where we explore the journeys that lead to success. I'm Sheila Slick, your host and founder of Five Milestones. In every episode, we will bring you insights from the minds of entrepreneurs, leaders, and experts who will share not just their expertise, but the milestone moments that have reshaped their journeys and led to significant achievements. So if you're looking for motivation, you're in the right place. Subscribe now and discover the milestones that mark the path to success. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us on another episode of Milestone Moments in Business and Leadership. Today, we have a special guest. Lance is the CEO of LeFort Talent Group, a strategic management consulting firm. Clients engage him to help them scale their workforce up or down. He has helped clients across North America in several industries. His prime focus has been in entertainment and emerging tech, but they have worked in many different roles and industries. Welcome to our show, Lance. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks for having me on. Well, given your impressive background with an extensive and successful career in the creative tech industry before founding LaFort Talent Group, could you share that milestone moment, that turning point that led you to transition from your previous role to becoming an entrepreneur and starting your own firm? Yeah, Sheila, I've often had an entrepreneurial bent, so it's kind of been, um, didn't really fit as an employee a lot of the time. I really wanted to run my own thing. And I think that's kind of been riding me for a long time. So several years ago, I was at a startup. It was really difficult. We were working seven days a week. And uh, both myself and the CEO realized this is not a good fit for the two of us, quite frankly. So uh, we decided to part ways. And um, some of the contacts I had in the business were already calling me and saying, can you find this for me? Can you find that? Can you help us? Can you help us? And so it was a natural sort of organic uh, turning point where one client just said, I need somebody right away. Can you find this, you know, headhunt down this executive for me? And that sort of was the catalyst for starting the business. And then I found it interesting that some people that have known me for a long time have said, you should have done that 20 years ago. So I found that interesting. You know, it was, a, it was quite an interesting feedback and aha moment, but we've been running the business for several years now. So what were some of the key challenges and opportunities um, that led you during this pivotal decision? In the early days, it was re- it's really about uh, companies that don't potentially have the facility to go find somebody in a rush, in a hurry. So, and it's not an HR role. Recruiting is its own specialty. And so our executive search as well. And you need someone with a focus in that. And um, I had done agency work around 2000, 2001 for a very seasoned recruiter who worked only in advertising and marketing. And so that was sort of foundational for me to work with him for several years and gain the the understanding the framework of how we hunt down senior executives how we interface with them how we line them up for potential opportunities so uh, i kind of went back to my roots you know i went back to those experiences and then pitched the people i knew in the industry and said hey i'm consulting now if you have a challenge whether it's upsizing company or downsizing company i might be able to help you with that and and then that's how we sort of we just kept marketing ourselves people that know me have referred me into many many places and so that was the great thing that my network was actually helping propel the business forward um, because 
these problems I think a lot of companies have, you know, top executive or even middle manager, somebody quits in the middle of a project and posting an ad might take weeks to find somebody new, or they might get, there's a number of scenarios. They might get too many applications um, or the people that they really want don't apply. So they really need someone, you know, a talent scout effectively to either be in the market and already have a lineup of people that might fill the job or to go build a list and market to that list, talk to that list, sell the opportunity and communicate the opportunity to that list. And so that's where we've gotten involved with an awful lot of um, opportunities. And then I've also been called occasionally where a company has to move offshore and they don't fully understand how to do that or they haven't done it before. So I've helped the companies shut down or decrease their footprint in North America while they're increasing it somewhere else. Does that make sense? Those are some of the opportunities we've worked on. Um, I mean, I've got some right now where companies going through a reorg and they've downsized a bit. They're ready to gear up again. Who do they keep for that? Who do they let go? Um, who do they give second chances to? It's really a succession kind of workforce planning um, puzzle. And um, and they're exciting challenges to work on. That's the other thing. I really enjoy working with the executive teams, trying to build the recipe for success moving forward. So what size companies do you serve? What is that niche? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, anything from... I'd say our smallest clients lately have been sort of the 35 to 50 sort of headcount, and some of them are trying to get up to 100 to 200. Um, we've also worked with multinationals who have thousands of employees all over the world. Um, so it, it runs the gamut. I'd say small, mid-size to medium size is probably our sweet spot. Um, but as I said, we, we've worked with multinationals going through reorgs or there's an acquisition that's happened um, and they need another set of eyes on something. Um, so it's it's a pretty broad gamut, to be honest, you know. So what are some of the most valuable lessons you can share about leadership? Uh, you work with all of these C-suites and these business owners, and then you're also recruiting the talent. So can you share some of those lessons with our audience? I, I think one of the things that I've seen is there's a gamut of hanging on too long sometimes to cutting too quickly. And you've got to find that sort of formula, uh, the sweet spot, because some, some companies cut too deep too quickly, and then they have to patch up afterwards. And if they're a little bit too brutal with it, it has an impact on the morale of the people that are in the company. And that morale then sort of accelerates uh, some some challenges and increases the, the friction, not always in a good way. So I think there needs to be a strategic plan in place and we need to look at each other and have an honest conversation and then build contingencies, plan A, plan B, plan C, knowing that we're gonna strike for plan A, but if, if we miss it by a few percent, it might end up in B. Um, but again, before you start acting, you've got to have a couple roadmaps in place. You've got to look at this. And, and also really it's, it's a brutal honesty thing, a modesty thing. And sometimes that's challenging because you have a lot of high, high sort of personalities, a lot of high performers, a lot of, if you want to use the term alpha, you know, there's that leadership, uh, quote quotient and do they work well with each other? And, you know, some companies have a dynamic team at the top that is functioning well and other ones it's siloed 
And so it's it's building bridges between the silos and trying to get them all on the same page. Here's the plan we're rolling out with. So those are some of the things I observed right away is to try and gauge how effective is the management team currently, who's on deck with everything, who's on board. And if they're not, how do you bridge those gaps? If they are functioning really well as a team, it's an easier kind of program to roll out. And it, it is one of those things that there will be cuts at some point, or there will be additions at some point, and you've got to be ready for both. What does the plan look like to manage and communicate through those changes? And that's where, and I think we've all seen it at times, if a company doesn't have the communication in place, you have uh, curiosity in your workforce. They're, they're curious, they're wondering what's happening, and without the right communication strategy in place, they will make up stories on their own. And now you're generating uh, extra energy having to solve the rumors or the gossip, right? If you if it's done properly um, and you get ahead of it, then there's less of that kind of band-aiding the message along the way. Does that, does that make sense, Sheila? It does. And then I have another question um, because I have met high-level, C-level executives that have had to lay off up to 2,000 people at once. And there's sometimes a lot of emotions also with the leaders, right? right. Because from the employee yep. standpoint, you're seeing it as an organization. Do you also help them, yep. you know, how to be able to make such a change when we're talking about layoffs? How do they um, handle that as leaders? How do they manage these emotions to be able to make these decisions? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a great question because I've had to walk many people through a role play scenario, basically, this is going to happen. And these three or four things will be the end result of that. So let's get ready for them. And let's workshop that ahead of time. Because you don't want to be doing it the first time in front of somebody you want to be able to get get a rehearsal dress rehearsal, you know, people, my, my analogy is always like, people train for the Olympics for four years. So there's no way we should go into the, any of this cold, let's workshop it, let's talk about it. And let's prepare ourselves and walk ourselves through it. You know, if we have that luxury of time, that's what we'll do. Um, the other thing is bringing in a guy like me and my company, we are a, a third party. There's less emotions for us because we haven't potentially worked with these people for several years. So we're a little bit less uh, subjective and um, we can say the things potentially that might be hard for an employee to say, because we're the consulting firm coming in saying, look, in our objective opinion, here are the three or four roadmaps we can put together for you. We can coach you through them, but you don't have to do this alone. You know, and, and that's some of the things we've done with a number of companies. And we, we've been the front uh, voice for a few, or we've done it in concert with the executive team. If we're letting, you know, two or three or 400 people go, um, I've often been that point person. You know, I'm the first voice because I've done a lot of this, managed them through that. Um, and usually uh, CFO or CEO or somebody's right next to me as we're giving these speeches. So it's a, it's a, it's just, you know, part of business, but it's a tricky part of business for some people, trickier for others than, than some. So yeah, we coach through it. We, we manage through it, but it is something that I've had to coach people through several times. Um, and I script it sometimes for them and say, look, here's the script. Now imagine this is happening and you have to give the script. And so we walk them through three, four five, six times. Um, if they haven't done it before, if they've done it before, then it's easier. Oh, here's what I was going to say. The money side of it, it's interesting. I got called by a company a couple of years back. And again, massive layoffs. They had to let go hundreds of people. And 
I have also an employment background, employment law background, and I've worked with a lot of employment lawyers on both sides of the uh, border. And so I saved them well, in excess of uh, was over a million dollars in, in lawsuits that they were about to trigger uh, by doing what they were doing. And um, so long story short, they were happy that they'd connected with me uh, because we ended up saving them, I think it was close to $1.3 million. And we also staved off a class action lawsuit, a number of things. So it's, it's sometimes good to have that outside consultant to come in because they couldn't see some of the things that they were going to do. And they also didn't have that legal counsel internally or the HR counsel internally to understand what the implications of, of the shutdown were going to cause and what they were going to trigger. So another reason why sometimes it's good to have another set of objective eyeballs on it and, and another voice at the table to help manage through, uh, Again, to your point, very emotional for some people. And when they're in the middle of those emotions, it's nice to have an objective partner uh, coaching through it. So now I'm going to put my leadership hat on and see it from the opposite perspective. Let's talk about C-suite executive employee or the people that would be affected by a layoff. Does your company also um, help them transition into other roles or perhaps in entrepreneurship because the you are also an entrepreneur, so that would be a great coaching opportunity. What advice do you have for them? And do you offer any services for them? Yeah, good question, Sheila. Thanks. I A couple of things. One, if it's a large organization, we would probably bring in an outplacement provider that would manage you know, a large team of people transitioning. Um, if it's an individual, then yes, we have done transition counseling for two or three executives. Um, and we are currently in the throes right now of building a coaching program for pivoting. Um, because as you know, some people get to a certain point where they want to do fractional work. They don't want to go back full time. They're happy to work three days a week, four days a week, or some fraction of the week. And, and there is a lot of people in the marketplace now with certain economies going on where they're displaced and they're questioning, do I really want to be a full-time employee of a large organization and all the trappings that come with that? Or do they want to be a little bit more entrepreneurial and, and be in a consulting role? So we're looking at a framework we're building right now for exactly that training for fractional executives and the marketing of fractional executives because one of the biggest challenges a lot of people have when they leave kind of the ecosystem of having a job and being an employee is they're running a business now and the sales and the marketing aspect for a lot of people is very foreign to them and this is where either myself or other coaches come in and start filling in the gaps of how they market themselves to various opportunities, um, because that's something they really have not had to do while being an employee. That was never a hat or two hats that they had to wear. And so these are new skills. It takes learning. It takes coaching. It's very much like going back to school for some people. Um, and some people gravitate to it very well. Others, it's a clunky process that takes a while for them to digest. And for them to, because a lot of people will tell you, I, I'm not a salesperson. I don't do sales. I don't, you know, these sort of things. It's foreign to their nature. And so in our coaching program, there are a number of ways of crossing those bridges. And you don't have to be the salesperson, the marketing person. You just keep doing what you're doing, but you can outsource those things to someone who does manage that. And that's something we would teach and coach around. That's great. You have to add financial because as a mentor yeah. and certified business coach, 
I see a lot of people are experts, you know, uh, in their industry. They have a genius yeah. zone. But then when it comes down to like record keeping or, you know, financial yes. statements, which is very important to yeah. be able to make those important decisions, even in the layoff, I'm assuming it comes down, you know, a lot to that bottom line that they're looking to yeah. save money. Um, yeah. So that's definitely where I also see a struggle sometimes. Sorry, I was going to say, I remember when I started off, same thing. I'm like, I'm a solo entrepreneur for a minute. I'm going to do all my own accounting because, you know, there's a lot of cool packages and they're cheap, cheerful. They do everything for you. And I think after about 18 months, I went, I'm not doing this anymore. I just hired a bookkeeper, you know, and you just email that person all your receipts and they manage it. And and there, again, you can focus on what you need to do. And whatever the cost is, it's basically, it, it pays for itself 10 times over because this person now manages that part of your business for you. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's not their skill set. And, and so that eventually long-term, that's what you, if you can build an enterprise in a small business or even a mid-sized business, as you know, you start to fracture off the roles and get specialists because it allows you then to hone in on, on your superpower, right? Your, your, your sweet spot, the thing you do really well. Um, but again, for a small business starting, it's an evolution. You wear lots of hats at first, and then you start to displace the hats and offshore what you can and, you know. And, 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 and delegate those things out to other people who love to have that because that's what they're good at. So the creative tech industry is where your main focus is at. What is that? Um, what does that look like, that industry? <laughs> that's a great question. It, it has been a big focus for my career and my company for a long time. I was a creative guy a million years ago, got into sales and marketing and a number of other executive roles and operations and my job was usually sandwiched between the CEO, the CFO, and the president at that end of the hall. Um, lately, there's been quite a shakeup, as I'm sure you're seeing as well in, in a lot of your contacts, your colleagues, your business. Um, we've had a strange tsunami of, of events during COVID and after COVID. And uh, a lot of the companies I dealt with, as soon as the vaccine started to flow, everything took off. Uh, people were filming again. Entertainment was booming. The streamers were still gathering subscribers. So if you're working for Netflix or or Amazon or Disney or anybody, Paramount, anybody in that ecosystem, there was just a boom, a massive boom. Salaries were going up 20 to 30%. Uh, we were, as an industry, creating more content than there were people to watch the content. And so it kind of got out of control. And then in, last year in 2023, there was kind of a great reckoning where two, uh, two unions went on strike, the writers and the actors. But on top of this, um, there are sort of several verticals in our industry. One is video games, AR, VR, visual effects, animation. They're all somewhat related in the sense that if one of the economies went soft, people would migrate to the others for a while and then come back again when something you know, got heated up. And some of the engineers would go into tech because tech would be hot for a while uh, where these more creative tech industries were quiet. So there was an ecosystem where you could move from silo to silo sometimes, not always, not a direct transfer, but there was options. Um, in the last 18 to 24 months, every single one of these has flattened completely. Um, the games industry is laying off like crazy. The tech industry is laying off like crazy. Like we've had this huge boom and then a huge bust very rapidly. So it's a time where 
a lot of people are out of work. They're looking for other options. They're pivoting. They are, uh, if they had a plan B or plan C, they've had to ignite plan B and plan C to stay in business um, or find work or keep a roof over their head. So it's, it's probably the most dynamic and the darkest it's been really, quite frankly, in probably 20 plus years. Um, and with the advent of AI coming, that is impacting, you know, your life, my life, our children's lives, everyone we know is being impacted by it. And um, it's, it's a very turbulent time, I could say that. And, and so we are looking at how do we service our industries and other industries that are impacted right now? And I think it's about training. It's about transition management. It's about senior executives looking at choppy water and being cautious in places, but also still putting a few boats in the water in places where they need to make more connections. They need to survive. They need to keep connections open to potentially growing opportunities because that's what I think a lot of people can't see right now. All of the change that's happening is going to generate new things. It's hard to see all those new things right now. Who who could have predicted the pandemic was going to be what it was, right? And, and so I think we're at another one of these sort of game changers. It's a big game changer. Um, but yeah, so our industry right now is in major flux, major transition. People are panicked. There is some hiring going on right now, which is great, but it's very selected, very strategic. Many companies have let hundreds, if not thousands of people go. And when they do that, quite often it it illustrates to them, oh, we shouldn't have let that person go. You know, maybe these 10 we could, but that 11th person, we really needed that. So then they will strategically hire back key roles. And I think we're going to see that for a few months. And then hopefully uh, later in the year, there's a leveling out and then a gradual rehire of certain certain people for certain facilities. But a lot of that remains to be seen. There are some people saying it won't come back or portions of it won't come back. So people are going to have to retrain. They're going to have to look at option B, C, D and figure out what they're doing with the rest of their career because some of these careers might disappear. They're, you know, because AI is impacting so many things. If it was a highly manual process that can be done by the AI tools, some of those will go away. The other thing is AI is just going to speed up certain processes. So the things that an ad agency would have needed two or three weeks to do, they can probably do in a much shorter time frame now. And so the clients will just potentially ask for things faster. But again, we're we're in an evolutionary stage right now. I'd be unbelievably curious to see what this looks like even 12 months, six to 12 months down the road. So with this in mind, what would be that one thing one one piece of advice that our listeners can do to take action today so that they can be prepared for a brighter future sure i think they need to be looking forward and studying everything to do with ai right now if it's going to be a game changer they want to be educated and on top of what's happening because if they're in a room with five other people who haven't been they're all of a sudden the subject matter expert and so study it don't be afraid of it dig in absorb it get on um a number of different subscription lists because i've got them in my inbox every morning there's about six of them that come to me and i read through them not all of them but i, I browse them to see what are the major changes um, so that i'm at least aware of of the changes that are happening um, that would be my main sort of comment for a lot of people is do not fear the technology 
absorb it, understand it, figure out where it's going and plan forward two or three options. If this does not happen by X, what is my backup plan? You know, very much like CEOs and CFOs look at their business. Individuals need to look at their career the same way right now. It is you're running your own career, your own business. What are your contingency plans? Um, you, you know, don't be a victim. Don't say, well, I, I really waited for this and it didn't happen. No, no, no. Plan out two or three options. Start moving towards those. And if you can fit in an hour or two a week here and there to start studying something new, then do it. You know, fit in the book, fit in the audible in the car in your head headset or, or over your speakers. Start listening and opening up to evolutionary ideas, what's happening. And, um, you know, that that's that's really what I think a lot of people need to do. They have to get their game face and their their mindset around our working life is going to change a lot more so and quicker than it has in the past. And so that that would be my advice is open up to it start looking forward and build in two or three contingency plans. And what do those business plans look like? Just like you're the CEO of your own career, rather than being dependent on a company to deliver the job to you, that might be, um, I would not recommend that be the way you look at life right now. It'd be definitely get ready for um, change. Well, thank you for sharing that. I am uh, all about continuous learning and embracing change. So I, Really enjoyed that piece of advice. It hit home. Our audience, they can follow you or you have a podcast, Talent Thrives Here by Lafort yep. Talent Group. How else can they yep. reach you if they'd like to learn more? Yeah, I, I'm on LinkedIn uh, pretty regularly. So that's easy. Or our website is www.laforttalentgroup.com. Uh, any way they want to find me is there, but LinkedIn's easiest. A lot of people just drop a message in my inbox on LinkedIn and, and we connect there. Well, thank you so much, Lance, for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and I'm going to tune in to yours. Great, Sheila. Thanks so much. And I was listening to your podcast this morning, really enjoyed it too. And I will listen to as well some more. So um, hopefully we can connect at some point down the road again. Thank you very much.